Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I went camping about six months back with a couple friends up in central Oregon. We ended up setting up camp near a trailhead for some creek I'd never heard of. It was public land, and there was a dirt road, but it definitely wasn't a campground. No bathrooms, hookups, etc., and we were the only ones there besides a couple people hiking through during the day. 
As we were zipping up our sleeping bags, we all heard this strange metallic clanging sound off in the distance. I can't liken the sound to anything I've ever heard before. It was just kind of a dull, slow metallic clang. It went three times, then silence, then three times again about 20 seconds later. It came from the direction of the highway, so we just kind of assumed it was a vehicle or a road sign blowing in the breeze or something, and we went to bed. Well, whatever I had for lunch or dinner wasn't sitting right at all, and there was about to be trouble, so I woke up at around 3.30 in the morning. Even though it was pitch dark and creepy woods and all, I had just about resolved to pick up a flashlight and a roll of TP and do what one does in the woods when there is no toilet, and then suddenly I heard it again, except it was louder and came from the exact opposite direction, deeper into the forest. I noped so hard that I shook my tent made awake and asked to borrow his car keys and drove 15 miles up the road to an actual campground with a nice, safe, illuminated bathroom. No idea what it was, but didn't want to find out, especially while pooping. On my first and final hunting trip, I saw a cryptid. So I was with a group of seasoned hunters, well-versed in the ways of the wild. As we made our way deeper into the woods, we occasionally split up to cover more ground. Being the youngest member of the group, I ventured alone into the heart of the forest. They thought it would be funny for Rookie to go somewhere uncharted. Anyhow, the towering trees seemed to close in around me, casting elongated shadows that danced on the forest floor. It was during this solitary journey that I first caught sight of it. Out of nowhere, I heard a weird screech and saw it. A large, dark figure emerging from the shadows, walking upright in my direction. My heart skipped a beat, and instinctively I sought refuge behind the nearest tree. Trembling with a fear, I peeked around the trunk to catch another glimpse. To my astonishment, the unknown predator was mere feet away, its presence looming over me. The creature stood a bit shorter than me, yet its aura exuded an eerie power. Cloaked in darkness, it appeared black against the backdrop of the forest, its form blending seamlessly with the night. As I strained my eyes to discern more details, I noticed the absence of a visible neck lending an uncanny aspect to its appearance. It paused by the tree I was hiding behind, its head tilted upward, sniffing the air with a nose that pointed skyward. I squinted intently, but there were no discernible eyes to be seen, Shrouding this enigma in further mystery, fear took hold of me, rendering me immobile. My muscles refused to respond, and I stood rooted to the spot, a helpless witness to this encounter with the unknown.
My breaths came in shallow gasps, and my mind raced with a thousand thoughts, wondering what this creature was capable of. Just as abruptly as it had arrived, the mysterious creature turned around, moving away from me with an unsettling air of nonchalance. It walked with a casual gait, as if its encounter with me had been nothing more than a fleeting moment in its own enigmatic existence. In that frozen moment, I yearned for the safety of my rifle, the comfort of familiarity and firepower, but fear had gripped me so tightly that my hands remained empty and my instincts stifled. I could not bring myself to act to defend myself against this unknown predator. Minutes felt like hours as I stood there, grappling with my own terror. Eventually, one of my fellow hunters stumbled upon me. He looked at me with concern, etched on his face, and asked why I appeared petrified. With a trembling voice, I recounted the haunting encounter describing the large, dark figure in its presence. I mentioned the possibility of a dogman or even a Bigfoot. But instead of understanding or support, my revelation was met with mocking laughter and dismissive remarks. One by one, the hunters called an end to the hunt, their skepticism prevailing over my harrowing experience. They urged me to put my fears aside and join them in their retreat from the wilderness. Yet deep within me, a flicker of uncertainty remained. The memory of that encounter refused to fade, and the question of what I had truly witnessed lingered in my mind after this encounter. I never went on a hunting trip again. This happened about five, seven years ago when I was 20 years old. My mother, who is a vet, owns a clinic at the edge of town. Although it's a big town with roughly 100,000 people, when I say edge of town, I mean there are cornfields stretching for more than 30 miles to the west and five miles to the north with intermittent forestry in that area. On this particular day, I accompanied my mother to check on a dog that had been receiving extensive treatment overnight at the clinic. Additionally, there was a small pug weighing around 9.15 pounds that had stayed there overnight. I offered to take the pug outside to do his business, saving my mom one more chore. The back of the clinic faced a grass-covered pond or marsh which dried up from time to time. The grass in that area was about three, four feet tall. I don't recall if it was late winter, early spring, or early fall, but there was no snow. And the grass was tall, so my guess is it was early fall. The front of the clinic faced the road and other commercial buildings like a Menard store and some offices. However, the back of the building, as I mentioned earlier, was very undeveloped. 
Inside the clinic, there were some leftover cookies, and being a kid, I grabbed one and started munching on it. While waiting for the pug to finish, I'm not particularly fond of sweets, so I got halfway through the cookie and decided I'd had enough. I recall the night having a vaguely eerie feeling, which is not uncommon in the Midwest. If you're from the Midwest, you'll understand what I mean. It was unusually quiet, even more so than usual. Typically, the pond is full of sounds, frogs, insects, and the like. But as I mentioned, it wasn't summer or spring, so I brushed it off as well. Lost interest in my cookie, I decided to throw it into the grass hoping small critters would enjoy it as a snack. I launched the half-cookie into the grass, maybe 15 yards at most. I don't have a great arm, and it was only half a cookie, so it didn't go very far. It landed in a taller thicket of grass towards the east, towards the Menard store next door. From the west, where there was nothing but undeveloped land. I suddenly heard and saw something roughly the size of a deer or a person taking off as soon as my cookie landed. It was heading straight for it. Now, I know deer since I live in the country, and I'm familiar with local wildlife. I know how deer move, but this thing moved like a person. It was as pale as paper and had no fur whatsoever. I could still see its spine pushing against its skin. There was no arch to its back, flat to arch like you would see in a quadrupedal animal pulling with its front legs. Instead, it moved like an ape or a person, hunched over, its spine never straightening. It ran on two legs in an inhuman way. All I could see was the shiny, semi-reflective skin of its back, about two feet of it, stopping where its neck or shoulders should have started. It had no large shoulder blades like a deer or a dog or any quadruped. Instead, it had a narrow chest resembling that of a sighthound or a deer but bipedal with ball and socket shoulders. Not to mention deer don't run towards things you throw in the grass. They're skittish. The moment that cookie landed, both the dog and I froze. I had never been frozen by fear before, but that's how I felt at that moment. We just watched it for two Five seconds as it ran from one end of the grass to where my cookie had landed. Then it disappeared, and I heard it running away from me. Once I couldn't hear it anymore, I immediately decided to go back inside. The dog, however, needed a small tug on the leash to convince him, but that was it. If you know small dogs, you'll know they are obnoxious and overly brave, barking at everything they don't know. But this dog never made a peep, and as soon as it realized I wanted to leave, it was in complete agreement. I'm not one to believe in the paranormal or religion, 
but this was something I could never explain. I know what deer look like, and this thing was no albino, hairless deer. It was something else. And the Wendigo is all I can think of, with its emaciated body and pale white skin. I'm starting to think that the Native Americans had a reason for their stories. I can still remember that night in perfect detail, and it still raises the hair on the back of my neck. I was backpacking by myself for the first time along the Lake Superior hiking trail in Minnesota. On day two, my mind started to mess with me. On a part of the path that intersects with a snowmobiling trail, I found a nice shady log to sit on and rest. I put my head on my backpack and closed my eyes for a bit. I wasn't sleeping. But I was actively daydreaming in a rest state. I don't remember anything. But at one point my own mind said, and I remember nothing. Instantly I sat up straight, fully awake, and I could not recall a single thing I was daydreaming about. Sure, you don't remember your dreams or daydreams a lot. But it was so weird that my mind literally stated that it was forgetting something. Also, on the third day, which was my last day, I spent an hour in the dark marching through the trail just so I wouldn't have to set up camp so close to my car. Once I made it to my car, I changed, put my soaked hiking shoes on the drunk of my car to dry off and tried to pass out in my back seat. I don't remember if I was sleeping or not, but all of a sudden I remember thinking to myself, Mr. Chinchilla, you need to get your shoes from on top of the trunk. What if someone steals them? Immediately after that, I heard a voice that sounded eerily similar to my friend's voice. She said, but Mr. Chinchilla, you said you would leave them on the trunk. You should just continue to sleep. I replied out loud, but I need to get them. They're expensive. Getting out the car, I retrieved my shoes, enjoyed the amazing sky for a few minutes, and went back to my car and fell asleep. What was really weird about the second one was that I didn't hear the voice in my head, but I actually heard it. It was much different than what my head voice narrated. I didn't think much of it until the next morning. Albeit these examples are not creepy and can probably be explained by seclusion and exhaustion, I just find it weird how your own mind can mess with you. I have other examples during the same hike, but these two are the most extreme. I and my wife used to travel to New Hampshire from Massachusetts to buy cigarettes once a month. Anyway, on this day, we decided to drive from the cigarette store to Brattleboro, Vermont, along this long, winding route that went through some woodsy areas. 
We were about halfway along this route when we crested the top of a hill, and I had to take a leak. It just so happened there was a pull-off area just under some high-tension power lines and what looked like a dirt access road for service trucks for the lines. I didn't pull into the road, but did park in the pull-off. I walked about 40 feet or so into the woods to not be seen by anyone passing on the main road and started to do my business. Then all of a sudden I heard something falling from or tearing through the tree branches. It startled the heck out of me. My first thought was that maybe a rotted limb had broke loose and was falling from one of the tall trees. Then I heard the thump. I was horrified to see a boulder about the size of a basketball slam into the ground about ten feet from me. My first thought was maybe I was trespassing and someone was trying to scare me off. I yelled, Hey, knock it off with the rocks! No sooner did I get that out of my mouth when I heard the branches sound again from the same direction. And this time I could see the branches waving and bending as another boulder was heading my way. I zipped up and beat feet back to my car as I had my two-year-old son and wife in the car with the top down. I quickly got in and tore out of there as my first thought was for the safety of them as well as myself. My wife was asking what was all that noise and who were you yelling at? All I could reply was that some jerk was throwing rocks at me. That's when it all really hit me these weren't your normal-sized rocks that anybody could just throw. Not to mention that they were tearing through the tops of 50 to 80-foot maple and oak trees from a long way off. When this reality hit me, I felt dizzy and dazed as to the danger I was truly. In and who or what could do that? I gotta tell you, I spent years pondering and replaying that in my head, never coming up with a logical reason. I even went back to the place years later to see if maybe there was a hill or ledge where those boulders could have fallen. But nope, nothing nor any property or dwellings anywhere near. Just those power lines with the rutted road beneath them. It wasn't until I was watching TV in 2015 while I was laid up with shingles in the continuous YouTube that I saw some guys in Canada had a similar thing happen while fishing on a lake. The only difference is they saw what was hurling the boulders, an 11 to 12 foot hairy creature. So I do believe I had a Bigfoot experience. I got a very unbelievable story to tell you. I don't know if you're familiar with the Skinwalker Ranch over here in Utah. I have a close relative that is pretty much the UFO guy in that area. He's been telling me these stories ever since I was a little kid. 
I've been out to that ranch several times, and I was out there in the spring, 2013, and nothing happened. We went around the ranch areas, and nothing happened. We went home, and on a Saturday night, something did happen, which I later found out through my UFO relative. There were some Ute native kids driving in a tall truck about eight feet high, and they went up to the gate of this UFO ramp. They said that they saw an orb of light appearing in the window off or above the gate, and I guess they turned on their lights. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Or they turned on their engine because they got scared. Then it had an even brighter light, and it went over their truck and these kids. Well, something hit their truck. These kids got scared, so they went down the road to the main road, and they got out, which is, I'm guessing, about three-quarters of a mile. They got out to look at the damage done to this truck, and for some reason, the driver decided to be the passenger, and then the passenger was the driver. Apparently, there are some girls with them in this truck. Well, once they got back in the truck, this is where it gets very unbelievable. A creature grabbed this kid, who was the driver and now the passenger, and pulled him out of the truck. It threw him around like a rag doll, bit him on the butt several times, and clawed him. Long story short, somehow this kid got back in the truck, and one of the kids took a picture of this creature. No image provided. They got scared. They were able to get back in their truck, drove down the road, and talked to the Ute Indian police, because it's a Ute reservation over there. The Ute Indian police say there's nothing we can do about it, because they're very well aware of the Skinwalker Ranch. So the next day, which would be Sunday, they contacted my UFO relative, and he went down there to investigate. Meanwhile, there was a shaman's wife. And the shaman was there blessing the kids that were involved in this. My UFO relative said that he saw the picture on his cell phone of this creature. He also saw the damage done to the truck. There was also a scratch into the truck. Die. And he also saw the damage done to this kid and the bite marks. Now that was very unbelievable for me to hear. The crazy thing about it is, a few months ago I work at a hospital and one of my patients was actually the shaman's wife. She was the one that was also there at that time when my relative was there to investigate. She told me exactly what my relative said, but in greater detail. 
the creature that she described, and also my relative said, had to be a tall creature because he would hold this kid out of this window. That's the eight-foot-tall truck, and this creature had horns. It had red hair. It had a human-like face, but the mouth was distorted, and it came out kind of like a wolf. It had claws, and it had wings. So my question is to you, and I asked my UFO relative, is this the skinwalker? And he goes, no, this is something totally different. And I asked also the shaman's wife, and she agreed that it was something totally different. I've had a few paranormal experiences throughout my life, but the strangest and most unbelievable was what I know I used to see as a teenager. A gnome, it wouldn't have even been as tall as my knee, probably halfway up my shin. It had a red hat and a white beard. He was a typical garden gnome, only he wasn't a statue. I saw him at least a dozen times through our living room window, frolicking about in the garden and along the windowsill outside. I'd sometimes even see his silhouette through the blinds if they were closed on a sunny day. My parents obviously always brushed it off, as silly crap kids say, when I told them what I saw. Oh, don't be silly or awe, did you? They never paid it any attention, and why would they? I even remember my father saying something to Mom, like, we don't even have a garden gnome, and she responded that it was just an active imagination. I lived there until I was about 18 or 19, and I don't even think anyone in our street owned garden gnomes at all. It never even once looked at me like he didn't know I was watching or perhaps didn't care. The last time I saw him was about 20 years ago. I'd never spoken about it to anyone but my mother and sister during my adult life, else I'd probably be admitted to a mental health ward. When I asked Mom, she still remembers me talking about him when I was little. Most people reading would probably think what a load, but I promise this is true. Was he real, or possibly a fabricated memory of some kind? Why would my mind make me remember fake stuff? Has anyone else ever seen one? This happened in the western suburbs of Sydney, Australia. I spent a lot of time in Africa, both on business and for pleasure. One time there were about eight of us that went camping in a national park in Zambia. I was with a friend and the other six I did not know. There were two other couples and two single females. We spent the afternoon getting to know each other and pitching our tents had our dinner, and retired to our tents for sleep. Around 3 a.m. in the morning, I hear the two females freaking out, 
There was screaming like I have never heard before. To be honest, I was shitting myself. I thought some animal was attacking them. My adrenaline was pumping like crazy. I always remember hearing that when people are screaming, they are okay. It's generally the quiet ones that you should worry about. So I got my torch and found the courage to open up my tent. At this point, the screaming was continuing, and I could now hear scratching noises. The other members of the group were remaining very quiet. I am sure they were just dry-mouthed and did not want to bring attention to their tents. I slowly opened the tent and shone the torch in the direction of the girls' tent, and I saw two hyenas walking around the tent. I know that generally hyenas are generally timid creatures around humans, but they have been known to attack and kill people in rare circumstances. By this time, the guide was out of his tent and simply shouted at the hyenas, and they ran off. One of the golden rules of camping in the domain of wild animals is not to keep any food around. Always keep food in sealed containers and make sure everything is clean and washed properly. It turned out that one of the girls has some biltong dried meat in the tent and the hyenas is smelted and we're trying to get at it. I was at my grandma's house in the upstairs bedroom. It's a four-bedroom old house on the country and I'm laying in bed watching Netflix on my phone on the nightstand. There's a door to my grandma's bedroom that's catty, cornered to the open door in the room I'm sleeping in. So I'm laying there watching forensic files, and so my view is kind of distorted from the light on the screen. But I see a black figure walk up and grab the doorknob of the door to the other bedroom, and it just stands there. I'm thinking... It's my grandma who is downstairs. She's kind of hard of hearing, so I say grandma a few times. Louder and louder until the hair stands up on the back of my neck and I lean up in bed and say grandma really loud. At this point, whatever it is knows I'm looking at it and F replies to me, oh, you can see me, and turns around and falks away, brought. I didn't know what to do. I sat there for a minute and then got up and looked through all the other bedrooms and nobody was up there. I go downstairs and my grandma's sitting there watching Jeopardy like usual. I asked her if she went upstairs and she said no and has no idea what I'm talking about. I'm not schizophrenic that I know of and was completely sober. Freak the F out of me. Fast forward six months and it's New Year's. Long story short, I am laying in the other bedroom that was catty corner to the one that I was in. The first time in and out of sleep and crazy hung over. I hear a woman mumbling down the hallway by the bathroom. Hallway and bathroom and the same big bedroom. 
I don't think any of it. Maybe somebody stopped over and I hear them downstairs. There's a balcony in the bedroom that I'm at and a patio out front on the bottom level. I laid there for a little while listening to it, but I couldn't make any words out. So I go downstairs and ask my mom and my grandma, who are both sitting downstairs, on the other end of the house in the living room watching TV if there was anyone there. My mom said no. I told her I heard some lady upstairs mumbling. She just said no. No one was there, so I went back upstairs and tried to get some sleep. As soon as I'm barely asleep, I'm laying on my right side and I hear a scream from a girl, less than three inches from my left ear. I was so scared I jumped up and ran into the door, then opened it and ran out. Fast forward again to later that night and my mom spending the night. At my apartment, she doesn't live in town. She was visiting. My mom said that she hears the lady too some mornings mumbling down the hallway, but she can never make out what it's saying. She just didn't want to say anything in front of my grandmother to freak her out. My grandma doesn't believe in ghosts. What the F, bro? I refuse to sleep over there anymore. Hell no. Any ideas on what I heard or saw? The house was built by my grandfather and his first wife who lived there. They had a young daughter who died of some blood disease. I'm not sure what apparently it's curable today. But I get some super weird anxious vibes from that house. I bought an audio recorder and set it up there for three days. I went through all the audio recordings on my girlfriend's laptop, but I can't hear anything except for some interference every now and then. But it might just be the audio recorder. We live in a neighborhood of small family houses in Arlington, Texas. Every year we have from 40 to 60 trick or treaters at our door on Halloween night. They usually consist of small children accompanied by adults, older children in groups, and teenagers who can't seem to give up their childhood fun. Sometimes the teens don't even bother to wear costumes. Halloween night of 2011 was a busy one on our street. At one point, I answered the doorbell to a large group of kids of various ages. Two of the tallest ones were dressed in rather flashy costumes. I remember nylon net, glitter, sequins, and garish makeup. I don't remember if they were both girls or if one was a boy. I always pay attention and compliment the kids on their costumes. When I looked at the eyes of the teenagers, I was really taken aback. The entire visible eyeballs were a shiny, coal black. I told them they had great costumes, and I think I asked if those things hurt their eyes. I naturally assumed they were wearing contact lenses covering their entire eye surface. I got no answer to my question. They just sort of smiled.
Maybe they just didn't want to converse with an elderly grandmother type. I don't even know if I got a thank you for the candy from them or not. I closed the door before the massive kids left the porch, so I don't know if the two teens went off by themselves or were with some of the younger kids. I remember mentioning to my husband that some teens were wearing what looked like painful contact lenses and then didn't think about the incident until you told me about black-eyed children. Wow. Or not a wow. Were they hybrids or just ultra-cool teens? I believe the latter and that they were trying to shock people. In any case, they succeeded with me. I know I would not have let them in my house, whatever they were. Hello, something happened last summer that has left me with many questions and few answers. I was employed at an appliance and furniture rental and sales business in Great Bend, Kansas. One morning, a co-worker and I opened the store. When we arrived, we noticed that the back door was open, and when we entered the back room, all the lights in the store had been turned on. It didn't look like a break, and because the security latch was intact, the security system had been disabled. There was no power indicator on the code box. We immediately called the police and the store manager to report the situation. We were told not to open the store and to remain in the back office until someone arrived. A few minutes later, after hanging up the phone with the store manager, a police officer was knocking on the back door. I left him in and told him what we had found when we arrived. The officer started to walk through the back room and into the showroom when we started to hear a baby cry. I thought that a customer may have somehow entered the store and that they had a baby with them. My co-worker and I followed the officer in the direction of the crying. Well, I didn't believe what I saw. There were two babies lying on a twin-size bed display. The officer told us to stay there while he checked the rest of the store. He had also radioed for another police officer to come to the location. I looked down at the babies who were both tightly wrapped in dark green cloth. Both babies were quiet, very still, and looking at me and my co-worker. I was taken aback by their odd eyes. Both babies had large pupils that were black. There were no irises and neither of the babies blinked. The police officer was soon back with us. He commented on the baby's eyes as well. In fact, he was totally freaked out, so much so that he looked scared. The store manager soon arrived as well as the senior police officer. We all stood around the bed, looking at these strange babies who lay there quietly watching us. The store manager pulled my co-worker and me to the side and told us to go ahead and leave. He was not opening the store until he found out what was going on. We quickly headed toward the back door and left. 
I wasn't scheduled to work until a couple days later, but I had talked to a few co-workers who said that the atmosphere in the store was very strange. They had been receiving weird telephone calls, and the security system alarm would trip on several times during the day. I got to work a little early for my next scheduled shift. When I arrived, the store manager was sitting in the office, so I asked him what had happened after we had left. He said that two young women who said they were from the municipal court eventually showed up and took the babies. The senior police officer told him later that he had no idea who the women were, but that he was told by his superior not to impede. He thought they were probably from McConnell, AFBI, in Wichita. He also said that the babies were very quiet and seemed relaxed the entire period that they were there. I stopped working there not long after. Things were just never the same and it got tougher each day, especially when odd-looking people would come into the store and just walk around. I didn't feel comfortable being there. February or March, I think, 1988 or 1989, maybe 1990, but I doubt it. There were four adults and three older children in the car. We were waiting for Amtrak to show up. It was close to dusk. Something came across our view way across the tracks, maybe 200 feet away. I could be wrong about the distance. On the far side was the edge of the forest. Walking along the edge of the forest in southerly direction was a big brown hairy creature. At first we thought it was someone in costume, but soon realized it wasn't and that it was a real creature. 